Okay, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today, I'm very pleased to have with me as my guest, Steve Bachner, who's a partner of Wilson Sonsini. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Richard. So, Steve, I know you've had a legendary career in Silicon Valley. Maybe you can tell me a little about how it started here and how you got doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying legendary. I don't know how legendary that is, <laughs> other than I've been around here a long time. Um, so I, I grew up, I uh, was born in Chicago, but grew up in Silicon Valley. So it was kind of natural that I wanted to, to stay, um, stay locally. So uh, I fortunately went to Berkeley Law School. And, um, and I think that was an important, you know, a, a, a important event for me because it connected me with a pretty famous securities professor in the days passed away uh, many years ago now, but, but Richard Jennings, who wrote the sort of a fundamental securities law case book. Hmm. So anyway, he mentioned when I was there that, um, that two of his former research assistants, Larry Sonsini and Mario Rosati, were at this little teeny firm in Palo Alto. Oh, that's funny. Uh, maybe around 15, 20 lawyers at the time. And, um, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And uh, and so I went and spent the summer there and fell in love with the clients and the client base and kind of the informal nature of the valley as compared to kind of big city law firms. And here I am 36 years later. Huh. So that's, uh, that's, pretty that's f- how I kind of got pointed was that in this that direction. You, uh, started so I was uh, 81. I was a summer associate here in 1980 and started full-time in, uh, in 81. But and Wilson I, was like 15 lawyers, literally. Yeah, I think my summer class was something like, you know, five or six people at the time. And maybe there was, you know, somewhere around just shy or just at 20 lawyers. That's pretty amazing. So tell me, how would you characterize your practice? I mean, how has your practice evolved? You know, what is it that you really love doing? You know, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, happy to. Thank you. Um, so I'm a corporate securities lawyer. And uh, as, uh, as my career has gone on, I, I started off doing a lot of venture capital, a lot of IPOs. I guess you'd say I just sort of tracked, uh, I'd like to say, through a lot of great decision making, but more through, you know, just just following around venture capital and entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley, my career kind of has tracked the, the growth of Silicon Valley, both in terms of the kind of companies that I represented then and represent now and, and, the, and I guess the class or size of companies. So started off early in my career doing a lot of venture and IPO. And now I migrate more towards late stage, uh, private, public offering, public company governance, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. When you look back at your career, are there any particular clients or startup companies that you work with or any deals that are really kind of highlights that kind of stand out in your mind? You know, there's really lots of them. I, I really love what our clients do, you know, everything from nuclear fusion to social media to med tech. So, you know, if you love technology and innovation and emerging growth, this being being a, a lawyer in Silicon Valley is about as good as it gets because mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you get to kind of have a little window into all these different things going on. Um, there's, there's lots and lots of interesting um, clients and events over the years. You know, one of the, 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 uh, one of the more interesting, a little bit tragic, was um, in an IPO I was working on, the CEO who at the time was um, the CEO of Eagle Computer uh, died in a car crash between the effectiveness of the IPO when the SEC said that stock could be sold, and in those days, seven days, and the closing. And so 
we had to sort of figure out what does the death of the CEO when mm -hmm. you haven't closed an IPO mean to mean with respect to the underwriting agreement, the legal issues, and of course the personal tragedy associated with that and the shock to the working group. Right. So that was sort of a momentous thing in my career, both because I was a young associate at the time and because something which appeared to be a form document, like an underwriting agreement, actually had to be looked at. You know, do we have to, do, does the company get to get its money uh, because you had this, this major event? Hmm. Uh, so what but, ultimately happened? So ultimately, they ended up rescinding the deal because mm. they concluded that was indeed a material adverse event in the in the in the meaning of the underwriting agreement, yeah. and they ended up bringing the uh, the transaction. Uh, I think about a week later, at a dollar a share lower. Okay, but um, it did finally it did go public anyways. It went public anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but we've had you know it's just uh, such such tremendous clients over the years, disk drive companies like Quantum, storage companies like NetApp, social media companies like. Twitter, you know, uh, great companies, uh, Square and, and others more, more recently in, um, in just about every phase of technology and innovation you could imagine. When you look back at your career and kind of look at your success, do you th you know, what do you sort of attribute that success to? What are sort of the key things that you think you might have done either deliberately or inadvertently that, you know, led to a, such a successful legal career? Yeah, well, thank you for, for saying that. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say the dumb luck of landing in Silicon Valley when it was embryonic. Uh, again, I, I, I'd like to be able to take credit for the brilliant planning, but but I'd say it was just sort of dumb luck to, to sort of have grown up here and fallen into this place and get pointed in the direction of, of, uh, of this law firm. Uh, you know, I, I think client service, really, you know, it sounds, you know, it sounds a little bit corny. Mm. But I think to be a good lawyer, you've got to really like client service and want to serve and make people happy. You know, mm. if you're not into that, mm. you're probably not going to be really responsive to your clients. And I think having been a waiter so long in, in college um, and, and high school, for that matter, uh, you know, the client service aspect of that, trying to make people happy, very much carries over to other kinds of businesses, whether you're selling shoes or providing legal services mm. and, and needing. So I think the client service aspect of, I mean, you got to be, you know, I think to, to be good, a good lawyer, you got to be smart, love the law, know the law, have experience. But you can, you can do all those things. And if you're not good at client service, it can really undermine your success. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a real intangible that, mm separate some of the, the, the terrific lawyers from ones that are equally as smart and maybe even better at writing and mm. academic, mm. but maybe don't have quite as successful a, a, a career from a mm. client mm. revenue perspective. What kind of advice do you give to younger lawyers who are you know, trying to figure out whether they want to have a career in a law firm or a career as a lawyer? Or, you know, what, is, what is the kind of advice that you try to give to them? Obviously, I'm sure you mentor a lot, have mentored and continue to mentor a lot of younger lawyers. Yeah, you know, I, I I often will tell, and I taught at uh, I taught at uh, for seven years at, at Berkeley. I taught a venture capital and IPO class, and I think I mentioned this as often as I could in in class, and I'll mention it uh, around here at the firm. But you know, somebody in your age group and practice area is going to be world class, and why shouldn't it be you? Mm -hmm. You know, that's my perspective for the younger people. Why should if you're going to do something, why? Why not aspire to be world class? Why not aspire? Because you know, why mm -hmm. why cede that territory to somebody else if you're going to you know if you're going to engage in what you're doing, and uh, and in order to do that in the law, I think you have to work at and develop a national reputation too, not just a local reputation, 
And uh, and for lawyers, you know, I'd say, you know, you asked what, you know, what what advice I have for younger lawyers. I think the developing some speaking and writing. Mm. So you start to write, uh, you know, as much as you can, consistent with a busy career. So you kind of get noticed uh, in that area, some speaking on the major conferences and panels. So your peers, not just in your area, but across the country begin to notice you. Uh, They know who you are. You begin to be viewed as an expert. And I think that, uh, again, probably stumbling into that a little bit, being asked mm. to write an article mm. uh, and and some early work with NASDAQ, I think were kind of the very first forays into some of the policy initiatives that I've been involved with and the speaking and writing. And I think that's made a big difference in my career. And I'd encourage younger lawyers to think hard about doing that. Now, did you know you were going to be a lawyer from an early age or when did you decide you were going to be No, I, I, Richard, I thought I was going to be a marine biologist. Uh, <laughs> and, and still, you know, when I, uh, and, and at some point, I guess I realized that, well, I realized one, I wasn't going to be a point guard in the NBA. That was probably about 12. So that was, that was a tra- disappointment. traumatic and, and tragic. And then I guess the other revelation was that people weren't going to actually pay me a lot of money to scuba dive. And I, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to, to um, even though I was interested in all that stuff. So I took a, um, I went undergrad at San Jose State, lived at, lived at home for a year because um, I needed, you know, I needed to financially. Grew up in San Jose. And... Um, and I was partway through, I was probably into my sophomore year not having a clue. I wish I could say I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was five years old and wanted to be a lawyer, but mm-hmm. that's not true. Uh, so I was halfway through and I just took an aptitude test. So I had no clue. I was in political science and economics. So I was kind of oriented that way. Mm-hmm. And the aptitude test set, uh, tested out highest in the law. And I go, okay, well, maybe I'll start taking some pre-law courses. So. Huh. You know, life is life is funny, and that's literally uh, how it happened. That, that's how it happened. Yeah, that's, that's how it happened. Started to take some pre-law and some business classes, and it came easy, and I did well at it. Huh. And you know, I kind of kept going. Yeah, interesting. Now, obviously, I was just curious. I me, mean, obviously, you've had an incredible career at Wilson Sunstein. You've been here since the early days. Did you ever think about another career or other opportunities? You know, either becoming you know an in-house lawyer, maybe becoming a venture capitalist yourself. I mean, you must have seen a million opportunities. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it, it is. I, I think one of the the wonderful things about working in Silicon Valley and in a lot of fields. I'm sure it's true with you, uh, but. Uh, but certainly here, and, and I think our younger lawyers experience this too, is that you know, you're know you in high demand. There's a lot of mobility. The clients are doing interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, there's, there's lots of opportunities. And, and I've had opportunities to go into government, become a GC of a very large, uh, well-known company. I won't, I won't name them. <laughs> uh, you know, go into venture funds. Right. I've been asked to do that. And... Um, you know, and, and in each case, thought hard about it. But I really love what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. I love the clients I work with. I really enjoy practicing law. I enjoy helping problem solve. And um, and that's kind of why I've stayed. I really mm-hmm. enjoy the mm-hmm. environment. And I guess I enjoy the variety, too. I enjoy the variety of being, you know, working on a energy company one moment and social media the next and, you know, design software the next. And it's just a great 
place to kind of watch the world uh, go by and, and watch entrepreneurs innovate. Hmm. Well, now I know you're a young man, but how about going forward? Is, do you see yourself doing anything else other than <laughs> what you're doing? It sounds like you're really enjoying it, but do you have anything, any any particular goals or something else that you might like to try? You know, no, I, I think I, I'm, um, I mean, you know, the great thing about being a lawyer, I suppose, unlike an NBA point guard, is actually as you get older, you kind of get, you know, you get that, you get that experience and, and in many ways you get better and, you know, there's some things that I think it's, be, you know, the, the early stage companies, some, I, I think it, that's better for younger lawyers in, in that age group. That's my opinion. But, you know, as you get older in the law, you become the age of the CEOs and then the board members, and they tend to like in the larger companies, and they tend to want experience. And so I think that's a, that's a great thing about being a lawyer. You don't, you know, it, you're not you're not over the hill at 32 necessarily, <laughs> although maybe there's some 32-year-olds that here that think so. Um, so no, it's still as long as I'm you know relevant and and doing well, and and my partners here will have me. I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Does it ever get old, or is it just as exciting now as it was when you first started? You know, it's pretty you're... exciting to me. It really is. I, you know, the the some of the legal. St- issues obviously you know you do the same thing over and over again you get good at it experienced at it but you know it's 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 the same thing over and over again but the difference is the the client what the client's doing and then the problem that unique problem that you're trying to solve so that stuff stays really fresh and interesting and and helping companies who want to achieve a business solution work through that morass and kind of help them get out the other side is really pr- probably the the most, uh, uh, you know, exciting and interesting thing I do. Well, Steve, it's been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking the time. If you do end up becoming a marine biologist or an NBA point guard, <laughs> you'll have to come back and tell me about I, it. I will do it for sure. <laughs> this is Richard Chu and Steve Bachner. Thanks. <laughs> 